Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Good morning. Or maybe I should still keep saying Happy Easter. Happy Easter. As you've heard Pastor Matthew say, yes, uh, we are still celebrating the Easter season. How quickly we move on in some ways. How quickly we, we turn our, our, our minds and hearts ahead of things. Uh, just last week was Easter Sunday when we, we gathered here in this place to celebrate the empty tomb that just when we thought everything was said and done and that Jesus' ministry was finished and there was nothing more, we discovered in the emptiness that there is all kinds of opportunity, that there is never uh, the end of the story, that there always is hope and love um, in our lives uh, that is born out of that, that empty tomb. But we kind of have a tendency to, to get going and get moving on uh, with things. We actually have Sunday morning worship uh, um, every Sunday morning. Why? Because this is the day of the resurrection. So 52 weeks out of the year, Sunday morning, churches get together across the face of the globe to have Easter services in a way. But we also, too, in, in the church celebrate for 50 days, all the way to Pentecost, we celebrate technically um, Easter. And so today is going to be another Easter uh, story in a way for us as we gather again to celebrate what this is, what it means, and how it can inspire us um, in our lives. Because it's not always so, so simple. Thomas, as Pastor Matthew read, uh, the disciple of Jesus, uh, after he was uh, Jesus had been uh, crucified and the tomb was empty. He just said, I just can't get this until I can see Jesus again. I, I just don't understand it. And how often is that the case um, as we live our lives? But it didn't just start with Thomas, though. And I wanted just to take a look back a bit here briefly, uh, just to review a little bit of, of how the message of God and the word of God uh, needs to be reiterated over and over again. I mean, way back in the beginning, the angel appeared to Mary and Joseph before uh, Jesus was even born. And, and they were told, this is wonderful news, but they were afraid, so they didn't get it yet at all. Uh, Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth started teaching and doing some things, and the people got upset, and they took him to the precipice of a cliff to throw him off the cliff. The, his hometown people didn't see yet what he, was, what he was up to himself. A little bit later on, Jesus uh, was transfigured. His face became dazzling white, and Moses and Elijah appeared with him. And Peter, one of the disciples, said, let's just hang out here. This is all I need to see. You're awesome. You're a prophet. You're like Moses um, and Elijah. Let's just stay right here. But, of course, Jesus had a whole lot more to do with his life um, and his ministry. Later on, Jesus wanted to notice that the crowd was hungry, and the disciples said, you, we got to send them to go get something to eat. And Jesus said, well, you know, I, I got some things to share with you here, some things to teach you. I'm going to turn these five loaves and two fishes into enough um, for everyone. You see what I mean? All along the line, there have been stories about how Jesus is trying to go one way, and we as people of God are learning um, and growing. I must suffer and die on the third day rise again. And the disciples said, don't go to Jerusalem because they're going to, they're going, you're going to suffer and die. He said that several times. Uh, Peter later on, don't, aren't you from Galilee too, was the accusation that people had against Peter. And Peter shrunk back and said, I don't know this man named Jesus. I, I, I don't identify myself uh, with him. The tomb was empty. 
why do we seek the living among the dead? Jesus was erected like Thomas uh, in our story here today. And Thomas says, I just don't, I just don't get it. Um, I need to see Jesus. I need to put my hands in his, the holes in his hands uh, and in his um, side uh, as well. And so that is our story, I think. Thanks be to God, though, that this is not a story about any of these characters of the Bible that we're reading about here, right? That actually the Bible is a story about God's commitment through Jesus and over and over again. Jesus wants to make his love known again. Thank God that Jesus keeps coming back over and over and over um, again. And I think for us as people of faith today, how important it is for us to get inspired to see Jesus working and moving and giving us hope um, and peace. And I hope this morning to give you a couple examples um, from some recent experiences of mine that can help give you a little inspiration. So, but before I do that, um, have you heard of this term before, the reverse mentorship program? Does this ring a bell for any of you that are working in corporate America? It's kind of a new thing uh, these days. My wife actually uh, introduced me to it this past week. Her company, Land Lakes, uh, in Arden Hills, um, is instituting this optional uh, program for their senior leaders. Michelle is a senior uh, leader at an age and stage uh, that she's older and mature, let's say. Um, but in this reverse mentorship program, uh, they are inviting Michelle to become a mentee. And so her mentor, actually, is a 27-year-old. So Michelle told me uh, uh, on Friday uh, uh, afternoon on a walk that her mentor, her 27-year-old mentor, has already booked her calendar out between here uh, and, and the end of the year, and she will start meeting with this 27-year-old as a mentee to listen to the wisdom of the 27-year-old. The goal of Land Lakes. And it turns out from many companies, as our neighbor across the street on Friday night was walking her puppy, she's a re newly retired um, executive in an HR accounting uh, and, and consultancy firm. We talked about this program as well. 28-year-olds are mentoring 58-year-olds, trying to tell them about new things. Tell them about Generation X. Tell them about what is valuable, what works really well. And the executives who have a lot of wisdom are asked to take the wisdom from the 27-year-olds. What I'm gonna do here with you is to invite you to do a little reverse mentorship here too. To take some words of faith from some people of faith, uh, from some recent travels that I had, so that maybe you think you uh, have uh, a routine of your faith, but let's, Add a few things to your routine of faith, and maybe it'll spark a newness in you. So we'll work on that here a little bit. So the first thing that I'll share uh, is that some of you already know that, that myself and Michelle uh, and 39 others uh, just returned uh, from Egypt, Israel, Palestine, and Jordan. So our goal on this trip, of course, was to see this part of the world, but also to see how the faith of the people in this part of the world can spark and stimulate um, our own faith. Back in the land of Jesus, where Jesus walked, where he lived, and to be surrounded by a community of faith uh, that is much more rich um, and diverse as before. And so my main goal for many years is to be in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. 
This was two weeks ago here at St. Andrew and two weeks ago in Jerusalem as well, at least for those following the Western calendar. And we got to be in Palm Sunday um, on, 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 there in Jerusalem, starting in Bethphage. Remember how Jesus got on the donkey um, and it made his way to the crowds of people saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, we were with tens of thousands of people with palm branches in our hands uh, celebrating the entry of Jesus and this long walk, two kilometers of a walk it was, for all of us to make with these tens of thousands of people. And I can tell you that the Palm Sunday that we experienced there is never going to be the same anywhere else. So here's a video uh, of, of, some, of, a, of a group from Africa who were leading their part of the procession that we got caught up in. They were right behind us. And imagine this on Palm Sunday. <laughs> So that was a group of Africans that were behind us. Then we got off the processional route and did a little tour quick of a church and then we jumped back into the procession. And then here were a group of Hispanic Catholics. You see the microphone there, the person on the left, uh, that, that were singing a very singable song, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in Spanish. And we were all singing it. I had all glory, laud, and honor tucked in our pocket, thinking, okay, St. Andrew folks, let's pull out our song sheet and we'll sing all glory, laud, and honor. That wasn't going to happen because these guitar players stole the show and the African group before that stole the show as well. This is Palm Sunday. Last week was Easter Sunday. I loved going down to my, uh, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, Chris and Michael. We got there 1 o'clock, ate at 2. We were home by 4, played some games had a beer, just relaxed, and had a great time. It was just perfect. What I think we need as Christians today is a little dose of what it means to party. If this is Palm Sunday, how much fun could we have also on Easter Sunday? Now, I know, I know, I'm Swedish, I guess, or we're all, we, we, our culture is great the way that it is. I'm not saying, but I want you to sense and feel the energy and the power of these people. It was like I was at a World Cup soccer match for three hours on Palm Sunday afternoon. Have you seen those on TV with the singing and the chanting and the dancing? And there were people much older than me on the group that were saying, I had no idea I could have this much fun on Palm Sunday, let alone Easter Sunday. We have to let these experiences soak into ourselves and why I share it with you now. When Jesus was raised from the dead, we don't have to worry about our own deaths anymore. When Jesus says, I forgive your sins relative to God, you don't need to worry about God being angry with you. When we worry about our loved ones who are sick and maybe they're, um, they have already passed, what's going to happen? What do, we, do we just say goodbye? And that's, it's not the end of the story. We have, as Tim Graff says lovingly, our music leader, give them heaven as we open up our worship services. Give them heaven. We have heaven. It's something to celebrate.
That's my point. Okay? So enjoy. Um, maybe next year, that's what we'll be doing, coming down the aisle. <laughs> maybe not. So story number, number two I want to share with you, too. This is uh, the, uh, the, the bishop um, of the Asut Diocese uh, in Egypt named Bishop Thomas. He's hard to see back there, but he had a video camera. He was, we spent 30 minutes with him as he was teaching us uh, about the Coptic church, but about spirituality and about faithfulness. Absolutely beautiful. Now, does he look like a holy man? This is another person as well. This is uh, Father Macarius, who I'm meeting uh, there. And then the group loved this picture that they took of us together. Uh, you know, so when you're, when you're with people and hanging out, you, know, you just kind of, I guess, assume the same, uh, the, the, the same position. But we got a tour of this Coptic Christian monastery uh, northwest um, of Cairo. St. Andrew is 45 years old. The Lutheran church is 500 plus years old. The Coptic church is 2,000 years old. In fact, St. Mark, the one who walked with Jesus, then walked to Egypt and started the church in Egypt. And the cathedral, the main cathedral of the Coptic Orthodox Church is in Cairo. It's called St. Mark's um, Cathedral. And there have been 122 popes, not Pope Francis of the Catholic tradition. This is the, this is the Orthodox Coptic Egyptian tradition. Uh, and there have been 122 throughout um, history. Um, and we learned all about them and really just grafted ourselves on a history that's far deeper and longer uh, than, than our own. And there's a specific story I wanted to share with you. This is the Church of St. Simon. And I want you to see the big mountain in the background. Remember this mountain, because I have a little story to tell. But this is the Church of St. Simon, the entrance. And as you go up those stairs and walk down past this entrance, this is the very bottom of the cave uh, that's kind of an open-air cathedral. And then if you swing around to the right and look back over my shoulder, this is what you see, a, a stadium that seats 40,000 Christians um, in Egypt at one time, remembering the story of St. Simon and Makatum Mountain. And I'd like to share this story uh, with you because it's what Inji, our guide, told us. She was an astute Egyptologist who could tell us about the pyramids and all those great things that we do and think about when we go to Egypt. But she was a woman of faith, of the Coptic tradition, and this was one of her stories that she told us, and she became um, a preacher. The characters, the story's name is The Miracle of Moving the Mountain. Caliph al-Muiz was the Muslim leader back in the ninth century. And the Coptic Pope was Abraham or Abram, who was the leader of the Coptic church then. And then Simon, the name of the church that this is named after. Please follow along with me as I tell the story that Inji told us. Caliph al-Muiz, the Muslim, who reigned from 972 to, 950, 972 to 975, used to invite religious leaders to debate in his presence. And he invited Pope Abraham and a Jew named Ibn Kilis to debate with him. And, and there was the question from the Gospel of Matthew. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible for you. These are the words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. The caliph asked the pope, What sayest thou concerning this word? Is this your gospel 
or not? The patriarch answered, yes, it is in it. And after hearing Abraham say this, the Pope, the Caliph demanded that, ev- that the miracle, this very miracle be performed by his hand or else he and the cops would be killed by the sword. The patriarch asked for three days to complete this miracle. Drum roll, right? Drum roll. Abraham pulled together his monks, priests, and elders, and and they stayed in the church uh, and fasted and had penance. And then the Virgin Mary appeared and said, there thou wilt find a one-eyed man carrying on his shoulder a jar full of water. Seize him, for he it is at whose hand this miracle shall be manifested. Simon. Simon is this faithful man and is a one-eyed man. Why? Because if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole body to be thrown into hell. Also in Matthew chapter 5, Simeon was a faithful man, and it is at his hand that this miracle shall happen. So Simon brought Abraham to go out with all the priests to the people of the mountain with the caliph and all of his soldiers. They gathered at that big mountain that I showed you. And Simon then told Abraham to cry out, O Lord, have mercy three times, and each time make a sign of the cross on that holy mountain. And the patriarch followed the words of Simon the tanner, and the mountain was lifted. After the miracle was performed in the presence of the caliph, the Muslim caliph, the pope turned left and right looking for Simon, but he had disappeared and no one could find him. The caliph turned to Abraham and said, O patriarch, I have recognized the correctness of your faith. Now, Inji is a orthodox woman. There are no orthodox women who are priests. They're teachers and things like that, but not priests. But I told Inji that she preached a sermon to us today for Easter. Can God move mountains? When you call St. Andrew or call Pastor Matthew or call me or you put a thing on the prayer, prayer on the prayer list and you say, I, I'm praying for my mother who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. Or someone will say to me, my daughter has an eating disorder. Or someone will say to me, my son is an alcoholic. Or I'm in this transition and I don't know uh, uh, which way to go. Is it left or right? Uh, Which road uh, do I, I take? Does God move mountains? Why do we put those prayer requests in? Why do we keep coming to St. Andrew Lutheran Church? Now, with my group, I looked at them afterwards, and I said to a few of them, what would you think about the story, about that mountain being moved? Now, our minds might say to ourselves, "Uh, I don't know. How does a mountain get moved? But our hearts, my friends, the heart of faith says that God moves mountains, that there's always hope. We do not give up. We put our prayer requests in. We hope and we pray and we long and we struggle and we put our minds to work and we say, oh, there's no way this mountain can be moved. But our faith in Inji, our guide, 
delivered a word of gospel and of Easter promise that a mountain can be moved. And the Coptic community for a thousand years have told the story of St. Simeon and 40,000 people go to church there to remember that story all the time. You're here this Sunday morning because I think you have a little bit of that faith in you too. That yes, I do believe that God can move mountains. But I also open my sermon to say how hard it is sometimes to hold on to that. I totally get that. But we're here to encourage you, to strengthen you. Because God's spirit descends and puts this into our hearts so that we can have hope in our lives. That's why we say Happy Easter. And let's not just go back to normal. It's just a week ago. But Easter means there's always a chance. And I want you to know that. What I think is, is most important, it's what God wants you to know. There's always a chance. Move mountains. Thanks be to God. Happy Easter. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.